Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Miscellaneous. I'm Brandon T. McClure, and with me is Sparks. Hey there. How's it going, buddy? It's going pretty good. How are you? It's good. Good. It's been a couple weeks since our last report. Yeah. How you feeling? Um, I had homework. This is episode two. Yeah. I'm pretty. I'm pretty jazzed, man. Yeah, I am. We're on episode two of our new project. Yeah. You made me do homework. I know I did. <laughs> But that was the goal. That's the idea. You teach me something, and I teach you something, and hopefully we both no, teach the audience No, you're just lucky something. that I'm interested in it, because it was homework. I was I was just sitting at a computer with books in front of me, and just scouring around, trying to... And then I'd find a... I'd hit a... You'll see in some of these points, I'd hit a point where I'm like, well, that just doesn't make sense, and I have to go digging for an answer, an explanation of why that doesn't make sense. That and happened I'm like, to me, too. And I'm like... That happened to what me time too. is this? It's oh, it's one thirty in the morning? <laughs> How long have I been here? That happened to me too. It's just after a while, you just kind of run out of time. You're like, okay, well, I got I have to finish this report somehow. And hopefully I just retain the information in case you ask. All right, well, I'll, I'll be waiting for my paycheck in the mail. Okay. We're never getting a paycheck probably. You, you better. Okay. I, I'll, a lot I'll, of homework. I'm going to hunt some sponsors down. Great. Masterclass, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Mythalanius is like just terribly in the middle, just speaking of Norse gods. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so as as we said, as we said in our last episode, this is a podcast where Sparks and I will be discussing mythology and uh, various stories of mythology and we'll take turns every <clears throat> other week. Yeah. Uh, so this week it is your turn. Yes. So what do you got for me? Uh, well, um, for anyone listening who didn't listen to our first episode, you might want to go back. Um it's it's not entirely essential for this episode, but I am kind of delving into extra details of things you talked about in the first episode. That's so exciting. It's, it's like supplemental material rather okay. than uh, being something unrelated. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to just dive in? Yeah, let's just dive in. Okay. Uh, well, before we get started on uh, what I want to talk about today, which is uh, Vili and Vey, who are two of your favorites, of course. I love <laughs> The, um, two, the, the two, two brothers of Odin. What did I call them? The two less important brothers? Yeah, you. Uh, I listened to the episode again. You literally would avoid naming them. Yeah. After a certain point, you'd just be like, end them. Or it, they. It just became stupid. Odin's people. <laughs> Odin and the others. Um, so I, I, it made me curious. So I want to talk about Vili and Vey. But before that, I actually got also kind of curious about um, the Sun and Moon story. Yes. Because we were talking about Sol and Mani and then not. Uh, and which one was true and which one came first. And uh, I did digging and I was like, oh, this is an answer. Um, so oh, you found an answer. I did. So uh, uh, let's go back to the creation myth. Um, you told us about Soleimani and yes. uh, the wolves that chased them. And uh, so uh, the the gods put sparks up in the sky, sparks from Muspelheim. Yeah. Um, the most vivid of which were saved for making the sun and the moon. Um. That's what I've read. Okay. Uh, and they were placed in beautiful golden chariots. And I'm actually going to quote from Gwerber here. Uh, this is from Balder Dead by Matthew Arnold. Oh, yeah. Uh, and from the flaming world where Muspel reigns, thou sentest and fetchedest fire and madest lights, sun, moon, and stars which thou hast hung in heaven, dividing clear the paths of night and day. Uh, these preparations made, uh, the steeds... Arvakar, uh, which is translated to the early waker mm. in Gorber's book, um, and Alsvin, the rapid goer. I'm gonna I'm gonna be clear. The only reason why I didn't name the horses. No, no, no. I couldn't pronounce them. No, I get it. Uh, that's fine. I'm I'm naming them because I'm going to dig deep. Here. Sure. Uh, they were attached to the sun chariot. Mm -hmm. uh, the gods also. I just find their names cool. <laughs> Uh, Avrakar meaning the early waker and Alsvin the rapid goer, so these fast and yeah. attached, attached to the sun one. The gods made a shield called Svalin, the cooler to put on the front and block the sun's rays. Uh, now, according to the poetic Ada, um, which is the collection of Norse poems before Snorri got hands on them and made the prose Ada, yeah. uh, Svalin was actually a figure who rode in the sun's chariot and held a shield between her and the earth below. Mm -hmm. And it's said in that Ada that if this was not done, both the land and sea would be consumed in flames. Oh. So rather than just being a shield, it was an actual person. Okay, yeah. Um, so the moon chariot was given a steed called Alsvidr, the All Swift. Mm -hmm. uh, without a shield, as the moon ray were not the moon rays uh, were not considered a threat. Right. Um, now this is where we come to Saul and Mani. 
you told us about them last time, a brother and sister pair born of the giant Mundulfari. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty much all we know about Mundulfari, by the way. Yeah, I figured. A giant with these kids. Yeah, and he's never spoken the, of nothing, nothing, nothing else. Um, it kinda... That and his name might mean, and I do mean that. I looked into the translations and literally it's all they can agree on is that it might mean this, but they're not sure. Mm-hmm. The one who moves according to particular times. Okay. That is a rough possible translation of Mundulfari. So what I, it's just kind of, he kind of falls in line with other parental figures in in the early Norse mythologies which is they just kind of serve to birth the next character and yeah, then they're, they're gone like um like Burry and Bore like Burry and Bore yeah uh where it's like okay but why didn't we just start with Bore yeah or why weren't Burry and Bore the same thing cuz all they're doing yeah yeah uh, but it's so weird because we don't know if that's all or you know like or gone. that's just all we have right so, because that comes up a lot today, yeah. especially. Cool. Um, so, according to the prose Ada, which Snorri wrote, uh, which can't be taken at face value, I read multiple times this week, uh, gives a story. Because well, he adds shit. Because he does. Yeah. We yeah. talked about it last week. No, he adds like, shit. Some, someone like actually, like that I was reading, I think it's uh, uh, Daniel McCoy, who I'm going to reference later. He he directly referenced him as like the uh, just factually unreliable and yet an important source of Norse mythology. And I'm like, well, there you go. I guess that's it. Because didn't he, didn't he add the idea... Like, there's a theory that he could have added the idea of the Adam and Eve figures in Norse mythology. Yes. Uh, the, the, there's an idea... Not, not um, Ash and Embla. Yeah. But uh, the, the idea of oh, how the, the giants... giants uh, the two giants. That both that they seem rather Adam and Eve for the giants yeah. and also uh, the, the allusions to Noah's Ark, which we kind of talked about the last right. time. Um, yeah, because there's, he there's a lot Christian. of that. There's a lot of that. So basically, um, anytime... Some of this, they said that like anytime that they're checking something on Snorri, they go back to see if there's any like pre-Christian references to those things and if there is then it's likely that a lot of those things were more factual i see um whereas if if some some illusion of an event or or people meeting isn't really captured pre-christian then they're like "Mm, that's questionable uh so the following uh uh so uh prosata uh is gives a story bringing a lot of different takes into one whole um, so the following version is not supported anywhere else before Snorri and is suspected to be an invention of his rather than a traditional pre-Christian tale. Mm-hmm. But it goes that Mundelfari had two children who were so beautiful that he called the girl Sol after the sun and the boy Mani after the moon. Sol later married a man called Glenur, opening in the clouds. Oh, I didn't read that part. Uh, the sun, which had originated as a spark in Moosefline, was pulled through the sky in a chariot, but the chariot had no driver. And the gods were outraged by Mundulfari's arrogance and the name he chose for his children, so they forced Sol to drive Sun's chariot, and thus Mani soon after with the moon. Mm-hmm. That's one interpretation. Gwerber's myths of the Norsemen suggest that a different interpretation uh, exists, and the gods had the chariots and no one to ride them. Mundulfari had children, and he did name them after the bright orbs of the sky. Uh, Sol was the spouse to Glaur, which she translates as just glow, mm-hmm. um, who Gwerber suggests was probably a son of Surtur. Oh. Rather than a punishment, the brother and sister were given due counsel from the gods to guide the chariots day by day and fulfill their duties. So they actually went through a full training course with the gods to be these chariot riders this is, and then were appointed. Yeah, this was, uh, I think I had three <clears throat> three possible ideas of how the sun and the moon were created in my, in my report last a couple weeks ago. Where I suggested that one of the stories, the gods were far more uh, accepting of these two. Yeah. And like it was a gift granted to them. Right. And it was something that they actually like took them and, and prepared them for. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas uh, there's, a, there's another one where they're just like, no, nah, screw that guy. And so there's, Gwerber has a quote from this, uh, Havamal. Uh, which is one of the, the poems of the Poetic Ada. Uh, this is uh, W. Taylor's translation. Mm-hmm. Know that Mundulfari is height, father to the moon and sun. Age on age shall roll away while they mark the months and days. Hmm. Um, and then guess what happened? What? So they already, the gods, in the same version, the gods chose Solon and Wally. Yes. Okay. The gods summoned Not, Night, mm-hmm. uh, daughter of the giant Norvi, 
and gave her a dark chariot drawn by Hrimfaxi, which translates to Frostmane, whose mane was whose mane was said to have dropped dew and frost upon the earth as it rode. Oh, that's how they explain the... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Not goddess of the night, was married three times, and each chi- of and of each husband she had one child. Mm-hmm. First, she was married to Nagalfari with a son named Aud. Okay. Uh, next, she married to Anar with a daughter named Jord, which translates to Earth. Then the third was a marriage of the god Dellinger, which translates to Dawn, with a son named Dag, which translates to Day. I, rec- I recall Dag. Uh, Dag was born of radiant beauty. And the moment the gods became aware of Dag's existence because of his beauty, they fashioned a chariot for him as well, drawn by the white steed Skinfaxi, which means shining mane, from whose mane bright beams of light shone forth in every direction, bringing light and gladness to all. Mm-hmm. This happened after and in inclusion to Sol and Mani taking the sun and moon. So literally <clears throat> traveling the orbs mm-hmm. is two different is a different thing from bringing night and day to the earth. Oh, we had speculated on that. Right, but we didn't know for sure, and yeah. we thought that maybe they were just mistranslated or two different tales. Gwerber says that they're both the same. Okay. And that they both happened, and they're two different chariots. Now, here's the thing. You said that, <clears throat> in theory, uh, that would mean that Sol and Mani were chased by wolves, and that would mean that, in these other versions, Not and Dag also were. Yeah. Not and Dag were not chased by wolves. Oh. Only Sol and Mani. Because it only mattered to catch the orbs. didn't matter to catch day and night. Gotcha. Day and night only came after the sun and the moon were moving and could only exist with them. Okay. Um, so if that's to, believe, to be believed, then all of the things you talked about, they are true, but in a certain order. Sure. And there were indeed four chariots running in the sky. Um, so Skull, who's one of the wolves, yep. uh, differently translated as either one who mocks or repulsion. Mm-hmm. And Hati, differently translated as one who hates or hatred, so pretty close. He's my favorite. Are the two wolves, and they will swallow Solomani to plunge all back into primeval darkness come Ragnarok. Gwerber states that this notion came from the northern nation's belief that as their, that quote here, as their gods had sprung from an alliance between the divine element Bor and the mortal Besla, they were finite and doomed to perish with the world they had made. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I have this quote here. Um, Look, you pulling up all these quotes. I don't know. And this one's from Valhalla by J.C. Jones. The place Valhalla? Uh, translated by J.C. Jones. Uh, like, this is a poem. Right. <clears throat> the, when it's when it's a title like Valhalla or, or one of these, it's usually a, a poem from the original Poetic Ada. Mm. Um, that means that it's a quote literally coming from translation that wasn't Snorri. Right. Um, so it says, but even... In the early moon, faintly foreshadowed was the dawn of that fierce struggle, deadly shock, which yet should end in Ragnarok, when good and evil, death and life, beginning now, end then their strife. Oh, poetry, it's rhyming. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had that reaction when you were like, when you rhymed with some some of Ragnarok, and I was just like, oh, how clever. And then uh, there's also this one that I really like. Uh, It's from uh, Semuna's Edda. Uh, this is Thorpe's translation. Mm-hmm. Skull the wolf is named that the fair-faced goddess to the ocean chases. Another haughty height. He is... I'm going to struggle with this one. Vordnir's son. He is the brightest maid of heaven shall proceed. Um, so it names the father of Hati in there. Mm-hmm. Her Vordnir. Mm-hmm. And surely by extension Skull as well. That's what's believed. Mm-hmm. Since another poem in the Poetic Eda uh, called the Lakasena uses essentially an identical word called Rustvener, which means famous wolf, as a byname for Fenrir, the archwolf. Oh. People believe that he may be the father. Fenrir wouldn't have been <laughs> born by now, though. It's weird, right? Yeah. But, but it's, it, and again, it's not concrete. Yeah. But the root names are so close in that particular poem. Yeah. Um, so uh, this interpretation finds additional support in another Eddic poem called the Volupsa, which is again in the Poetic Eda, which states that the children of Fenrir swallow the sun during Ragnarok. Wait, I do recall hearing this, but that didn't make any sense to me because, again, Fenrir wouldn't have been born yet. Right, and I don't have an answer for you about why or how they would be the children of Fenrir. Yeah. Except to possibly say that maybe the wolves weren't always chasing them, 
they were just until Fenrir was born. Oh, maybe. That's really weird. I mean, but th- there's there's just there's enough things here where it's like maybe. Right. For those of you for those of you uh who don't know, Fenrir is the son of Loki. Yes. Loki has three children with a giant. <laughs> and uh the giant snake, a giant wolf and uh, a half-dead woman. And Fenrir is like the most famous wolf of all Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, actually in Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Um so destined to kill Odin at Ragnarok. Yes. So he so if Loki, so if this is in the beginning of time, Loki hasn't been born yet, which by extension, Fenrir hasn't been born yet. Well, we'll talk about Loki a little later and whether or not he may have been born yet. Okay, I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, but uh, but we'll we'll wrap up that Fenrir thing right here. I, it's it, there's no finite answer, right? But there are multiple links in uh, the poetic Ada that that put root names and and hints close enough to say that the that skull and hati were in fact the children of fenrir that's so weird yeah um ultimately uh i put however proposing a definitive genealogical relationship between fenrir skull and hati uh is futile the sources themselves give contradictory interpretations which reflects the lack of systemization uh in the norse religion back when it was a living uh tradition i mean yeah we're basically trying to add a narrative to something that had none right Daniel McCoy, who uh, runs Norse-Mythology.net yes. or .org. I need to look again. I, I I've used both of them. Um, he also writes ha- has a Norse book out that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Daniel McCoy says that uh, says this pretty well on his website. Uh, yeah, this right here, Dor- Norse-Mythology.org. Um, quote, as with so many other aspects of Norse mythology and religion, any single tidy interpretation we might try to foist upon the material today in the interest of resolving its many contradictions is a modern artificial imposition. Yeah. So we just don't have the answers. Yeah, that's true. That's really just all it comes down to. Okay, so now what if I told you there was still a little more to the story of Sol and Mani? Uh, I would be <clears throat> confused. Okay, so Mani actually had two children riding in her chariot with him. I didn't hear about yes. this. Uh, he, uh, I know I said hit her riding in his chariot with him. Yeah. Hyuki translates to the waxing, and Bill translates to the waning, had, uh, had been forced to carry water all night by their father until Manny took them from the earth. Mm-hmm. So you can hear in there the waxing, waning moons. Right. Uh, Gwerber alludes to them being the inspiration for Jack and Jill with their pale outlined upon the moon. Oh, interesting. Because they were constantly being forced to collect water. Uh, so the modern Jack and Jill story might have actually come from this these two children who rode with him. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. So the gods also appointed a few more folks to make the procession of the year. So there are a few more chariots actually riding out there. But again, none of these being chased by wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- they were there for evening, midnight, morning, forenoon, noon, and afternoon. So they, wait, they just had chariots. Yep. That just had specific... Yep. That's a little weird. It's midnight. One chariot <clears throat> flies away. So they were there to share duties with summer and winter Wait, as but, the rulers of the seasons. And this calendar was a five-day calendar at the time. We didn't have a seven-day calendar yet. Right. Because that was a Christian invention. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's weird. Uh, so uh, they, summer and winter were rulers of the seasons appointed by the gods. Yeah. Summer, a direct descendant of Svasud, which translates to the mild and lovely. And inherited the gentle disposition of his father, making him loved by all except Winter, his deadly enemy. Winter was the son of Vindasal, who was himself sired by Vossud, a personification of the icy wind. Oh. And so that's the setup of kind of like how seasons and yeah. time of day and all that, it's actually rather complicated. And unfortunately, there's ac- nothing really more about any of those characters mm-hmm. uh, for midnight, morning, forenoon, you know what this summer, winter. Of? It's all just kind of there. Do you know what this reminds me of? There was a... In Hercules, the uh-huh. the Disney film, right? You see, I think it's Apollo take <clears> this, <throat> take the night sky, and like you know, bring yes. it. Like that was, and that, I always thought that was really cool as I got older. I'm like, oh, that's neat. Yeah, uh, it reminds me a lot of that. Yes, it does. Um, so there was actually a lot going on with the chase in the sky, but it it does seem that Sol and Mani were the only two being chased by wolves. Okay. Um, and they did exist, and then later, Not and Dag started taking night and day along with all these others. Mm-hmm. To separate all the different times uh, under the seasons. Man, how how high do you gotta be? Like, no joke. Like, you're just like, what? If your answer, is, I feel like it's just one dude who's just kind of like, why does this happen? <clears throat> a chariot. Why does this happen? A chariot. Why does this happen? A chariot. Is everything a chariot? Yes, Jeffrey. 
It's a chariot. There's a chariot in the sky. It's it's Jerry. Oh, sorry, Jerry. I got our whole mascot mixed. Jerry up. the Viking. Jerry the Viking. Like this is one. This is just one dude who just kind of makes up chariot stories so that they can just do just do an explanation. Just it was a chariot. It's 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 definitely like the more that I dig into it, one of those things where I'm like, I wish there were some way we could ever get definite answers. Yeah. There's just not. In order to do that, we probably very have to little go back in time. do we know 100 percent for sure. Yeah, really, very little. Yeah, so that's just what it is. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so that's all I wanted to do about them. Sure. Yeah. So let's move on to the meat of my thing. Uh, so Odin had some brothers when last we spoke. Two unimportant brothers, yes. Vili and Ve. Yes. Uh, you're not a big fan of them. No, I think they're ridi- I think they're ridiculous. Right, but I got pretty curious, so I I dug into them. Um, the three were born of boar. Uh, which, by the way, uh, means bo- born, apparently. And boar what? means born. Oh, That's sh- what it okay. r- roughly translates to. Uh, and Besla. Just add an N. Who, in my digging, I-, I found out was the daughter of Bolthorn, uh, mm-hmm. which translates to the thorn of evil. Um, Odin, which translates to quite a few things, but uh, in, in several instances, it's uh, to spirit mm-hmm. or... And I mean this one, and it's one of my favorites. Uh, Master of Ecstasy. <laughs> <clears throat> With his brothers, Vili, which translates to will, mm-hmm. uh, and Ve, meaning temple or holy. That's a weird one. Uh, it, yes. They kind of coincide with how with the gifts they granted ma- man. A little, yeah. But the holy one mm-hmm. doesn't really match. Right. Kind of ties with Odin's spirit, so we'll kind of get to that. Okay. Uh, at least, Maybe. Uh, that's the story we're standing with, that there was Odin and Vili and Ve. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Odin has a ton of different names, but one variation with Vili and Ve has him called Volkjosandi. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm missing that out, but Volkjosandi. So they gave him a V name. Which means chooser of the slain, or Vidir. There is literally a poem where uh, Vili and Ve are mentioned. They're speaking. Yeah. Vili and Ve are speaking in the poem. And they refer to Frigga as uh, the deer's spouse. They That's what fr- they call him. They say Frigga. They, they're talking to Frigga uh-huh. and call her the deer's spouse, meaning they're calling Odin the deer. Right. And that's him. what they call him, which would be alliteration with Vili and Ve. Yeah, that's interesting. But that also, you know, that's also, they call Freya Frigga. Mm-hmm. A lot of translations just call it Freya. Mm. Interesting. That's kind of cool. I, you know what? It's a little confusing, but I kind of like that they have all these different names. Yeah. It just makes things a little bit more fun. I so think. so there was there was a little bit of alliteration in some poems related to the three being brothers. Yeah, what's what's the name? V- Vide? Vidir. Vidir. That's weird. Yeah. That's such a... It's such so... Like, Frigga and Freya, I kind of understand. There sure. could be like a translation problem there. Right. But Vidir and Odin. I mean, Odin has so many names. I know, It's but not even weird. <laughs> but it's just, how did you get there? Anyway... Please continue. Uh, Snorri says uh, that these three were the first true Aesir gods to exist. Yes. Some of the pieces taken from the Edas and Old Norse literature become hard to discern whether Vili and Ve were actually brothers of Odin or three different forms of Odin or personalities of Odin. Also, the Proto-Germanic names of Odin, Vili, and Ve would have been Wunaz, Waljon, and Wixun. Did you practice that? Um, No. The alliteration suggests the triad dates back to the time when the Proto-Germanic language was spoken, well before the Viking Age began in 800 Mm -hmm. AD. So there frequently seem to be links in their alliteration of names, which does make them seem to be connected pretty strongly, whether it's as brothers or, like I said, possibly as other forms of Odin himself. Yeah, that actually brings up a good point. A lot of people think that that Norse mythology comes from the Vikings, but it's actually older. Yes. But not by much, but it does predate Vikings. Right. They just kind of latched onto it. Um, so they hope they help Odin kill Ymir, yes, as you told us, and build the cosmos and all that. Uh, and then we come to the creation of man. And a giant gap that is either a cylinder or nothing. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so we come to the creation of man after that. Yes. This is where things get weird. There is, of course, the version of this story where Odin, Vili, and Ve come upon the two trees, or in some cases, blocks of wood, depending on the version, that are ash and elm. Yes. That's the story I told. Right. That's how humans begin for these two who Odin gave the breath of life, or souls, to. Uh, then Vili gave them will, which is his namesake, mm-hmm. with intelligence and drive, and Ve carved them to shape and gave them senses. Mm-hmm. 
Or was it not Vili and Vey? Remember, some say that they are actually just different forms of Odin. Well, others actually place two different Aesir's entirely here with Odin and even assert that they, in this instance, are the brothers of Odin in these versions instead. These two are are Honer and Lodor. And Lodor is even sometimes replaced with Loki, which would put Loki at the beginning. But Loki is a half-giant. There's a lot of conflicting information on these takes. No, wait, Loki's full-giant. Right. Yeah, Loki... Okay. There's a lot of conflicting information on these takes. It's weird that Loki would be there in any translation. I know, I know. Uh, I will get into it. Okay. So, for the one thing, Honir is almost always not regarded mm-hmm. as a brother of Odin in any story outside of the creation of man when he's mentioned there. Okay, Honir is the god of what? I'll get there. Okay. Loki, uh, Lodor, sorry. Lodor is trickier because not a lot is documented about him at all. Mm-hmm. Literally, he's only mentioned this one time. Really? Yes. That's all we have. Is we know he existed. We know he existed. Yeah. I'm going to cover it in a bit because so I broke them each down. Okay. Um, but but we we know we know very little about Honir. Mm-hmm. We know almost nothing about Lodor. And again, a lot of times Lodor is replaced with Loki. Yeah. And I will explain why. Um, Loki, he's all kinds of complicated and we'll get there. Yeah. So... Uh, let me tell the other version of the story. It goes that Odin gave them souls, and then Honir, which his name translates to the Bright One, mm-hmm. gave motion and senses, which Honir is actually standing in place for Vili. So that's right. weird. Um, while Lodor, or Loki, gave blood and complexion. That's what it says. Different, right? Yeah. Well, there are some other myths where these three travel together, often visiting Earth in disguise. That is all over the place. Yeah. Honir, Odin, and Loki travel to Earth. Odin often. In a few times. Odin often. Odin travels. often did it uh, on his own a lot. Yeah, he would, but, he would disguise himself as an old man. But there are actually a f- quite a few myths where Honir, Odin, and Loki form a triad, constantly visiting Earth or doing other things together. These three are put together a lot. Yeah. More than Odin, Vili, and Vey. Um... One of these is the story of Theosi. This hold on, this sorry, this explains why I couldn't find a whole lot about Vili and Vey mm-hmm. because I was looking for them. Right, so that's why I'm saying, and and we're gonna go there. Uh, one of these uh, stories where Honir, Odin, and Loki are traveling together it, to Earth is the story of Theosi. That's a myth that we'll go into. And another is about the treasure of the Dwarf King. Uh, those myths are really long mm-hmm. and involved uh, on their own. So that's a story I want to go to another time. Sure. I don't have the time for, to go deep into them today. Suffice it to say, Honir and Loki were highly regarded in a few myths to travel with Odin, and it could even be hypothesized that in alternate versions we no longer have record of, these myths actually contained Vili and Vey. Oh. That's a, that's a hypothesis yeah. that's out there. Um, but we don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Hon- a lot. We say that a lot. Right. <laughs> Honer, by the way, is a god we know super little about. Even in studying the Volupsa, the first and best-known poem of the Poetic Edda, where Honer is included as part of the triad creating man with Lodor, it's easy to see where he could be mistranslated as an extension of Odin. There are two major stories that Honer played a role in outside of this that we actually know of for sure. The best-known is from the Yinglinga saga, a work of uh, Snorri in the prose Edda of the 13th century. So take with a grain of salt. Sure. In his version of the Aesir-Vanir War, a great myth that we uh, will also dig into. I really want to do that one. Right, that leads into the decapitation of Mir. Yep. The two groups exchange hostages. In that myth, Honir is made chieftain by the Vanir for his handsomeness but then depicted as too dim-witted to make any decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, this is actually a contradictory representation of most other accounts we have of him. Tossing out Snorri's myth, we can see that in pretty much every other mention of him, he was powerfully connected to Odin, possessing many of the same characteristics and abilities. In the myth Scrimsley and the Peasant's Child, he's turned to for aid and revered as one of the most powerful gods. Pieces of old Norse poetry would describe him as a swift god, long-legged, and the mud or marsh king. And he was even called the most fearful of all the gods. Really? Yeah, but we just don't know a lot about him. Yeah. Except we know he was called that. I'd love to know, know why. It's a shame there isn't more to known about him, and it's po- it sure is possible that he was a nominal distinction of Odin himself, as the Volupsa suggests. Yeah. 
uh, much as was done to some other Norse gods down the line. But there is no substantial evidence of this. Yeah. So he might, again, falls in that same category as what we were talking about with Velian Bay, be just another extension of Odin. Yeah. Um, he just kind of exists to add another another character to a story. Right. Yeah. So of Lodor, we know practically nothing. Except that he's sometimes called Loki. Really, really almost nothing. Yeah. He's literally mentioned three times, just three, in all of the old Norse sources, sources at our disposal. Really? Just three. The first is the two lines in the Vlupsa about the creation of man that we talked about before. Sure. The other two are both passing mentions of Odin as Lodor's friend. And that's it. No description of him and no other appearance of him recorded. He's just mentioned in passing as Odin's friend Lodor. He's not even there. Oh, that's so weird. <clears throat> the number of mentions of him are plentiful enough to safely assume he is indeed a pre-Christian god, but nothing more is known than that. Right. Some have tried to assert that he is in fact Loki in these mentions. Oh, so like we've we've we have translated it to mean like this is probably mistranslation. It's actually Loki. Yes, oh. uh, but the only evidence of this is the frequency of that triad of Odin, Honir, and Loki in other myths. Sure. Uh, but triads are quite common in Scandinavian and Germanic literature, so it's not quite concrete enough to make this true. Uh, it really would be nice to know more about that and Lodor himself, but yeah. there's just no way to. That So it's basically just scholars throughout the years have replaced the name Lodor with Loki right. because it just seems to make more sense depending on other... Because of the other myths where the three of them are put together. Right. Right, because he's literally only in that one myth. Yeah. For two lines. But then again, that wouldn't make sense why Loki was there at the, at the birth of the world. Sure, it wouldn't, except uh, for some other stuff. But anyway, for Lodor, we just don't know. We don't even know. There's not enough there to even suggest maybe he was Odin in another form. Yeah. There's just not enough. Now, when you say Odin in another form, mm -hmm. is Odin... Is Odin taking on multiple forms, or is Odin just like... Are they branching off him into different personalities just to make the story richer? Yeah. You don't know? I mean, nobody does. I see. Uh, it could be both. It could mm -hmm. be one or the other. I'm going to kind of talk about uh, how that could be related to Odin a little later. Sure. First, Loki. Um, for Loki, it's believed Odin was his brother uh, during the creation of man. Okay. That idea does exist out there. Okay. Uh, sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> it's believed that Odin was with his brothers during the creation of man. I got it. That is like considered factual. Yes. Regardless of who we're talking about, Vili and Ve, Honir and Lodor. Yeah. Honir and Loki. Uh, it is always believed that Odin was with his brothers during the creation of man in right. a triad. Whatever trio it may be, it does put Loki on the table at least once. Mm -hmm. This is because Loki is very often referenced to be Odin's blood brother. I know of this reference. Gaiman's book, Neil Gaiman's book, Norse Mythology, yeah. even denotes him in the back as blood brothers while being born of different parents. Yes. While Odin came from Beslan and Bor, Loki is the child of the giant of Farbadi, uh, Cruel Striker, mm -hmm. as a rough translation, and Laufey. Uh, the meaning's unknown. Laufey, by the way, is a woman in Norse mythology. Right. Unlike the male portrayed in the movie Thor. Yes. Or, in some sources, Nal is the name of Laufey. Nal. Or Needle. Mm -hmm. oh, I didn't know that. Um, Laufey or Nal could be a goddess, a giantess, or something else completely we don't know. Mm -hmm. What sources survive have no insight on this point, though it is generally assumed that his mother's name was Laufey. There's a lot we can say about Loki, but that is not for today. What is relevant is Loki traveled often in myths with Honir and Odin. Often uh, in disguise. Right. This we know, but not in disguise to them, in yeah. disguise to, to, to mortals. This we know as well as many sources calling Loki a brother of Odin. Some stipulate that they are not true brothers, but rather blood brothers by a specific definition. The most direct reference with this comes at the beginning of the Locusena, another poem of the Poetic Eda, where Loki says the following, and I just need to find my quote. He's finding the page. He's found it. So this is from Samon's Edda, uh, Thorpe's translation. Yeah. Odin, dost thou remember... This is Loki speaking, by the way. Sure. Odin! Dost thou remember when we in early days blended our blood together, when to taste beer thou didst constantly refuse, unless to bo both twas offered? I've heard this story. Right. 
Um, yeah, yeah. He because he um he and <laughs> Odin were because in Norse mythology Loki wasn't adopted by Odin. No. they were just really good. They were like so close. They were brothers. Right. Right. Yeah. It's very different. Uh, I did some digging on this, and I found some folks discussing it, and it's uh, they're saying that there's no actual accounts. Uh, that exists of any incident in which Odin and Loki swore blood brotherhood. So it never, we, there's no m- account of a myth where it happened mm-hmm. that they did this. It's just referenced that it had happened. But they were so often allied in myths to each other that the idea is wholly reasonable. The common process of mingling blood was carried out quite literally mm-hmm. back then. And the promise of which Loki speaks is characteristic of those which in the sagas often accompanied a ceremony of blood mingling. What does that mean? So Wait. so it means that in this ceremony would have been something bonding them. One where they actually would have cut blood together and mingled oh. it. That's why they are literally blood brothers. And they got AIDS, yes. <laughs> uh, perhaps there was a moment we no longer have on record where this happened in a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, another argument made by Moncure Conway uh, says that the two may have originated from the same primitive concept, essentially making them a good and evil side of one coin. This would mean the intermediate process by which good and evil detached from each other and eventually became separate personifications can't be traced, but the indications are strong. Because Loki is perceived as evil later on myth and mm-hmm. myths. Digging into this last quote, it seems the two became detached very slowly, though many think Conway's thinking is outdated and poorly sourced. I see. But it is an idea that they were both part of one whole. Uh, for super duper nerds out there, think Piccolo and Kami. Oh wow, that's a deep cut. Yeah, if you're a Dragon Ball fan, it's a deep cut. But like, think like that, and they instead of like detaching instantaneously, they slowly came apart. Right. Because I mean, it it <clears throat> it is strange that Loki goes from blood brother to Odin to bringer of Ragnarok. Right. Either way, it's not the first time we've heard of Odin being separated into different forms and personas. Sure. So, that could be what happened. Whatever the case, in many instances, Loki is considered at least blood brother to Odin. Maybe not brother by parental genealogy, but certainly of a blood brother, whether it's because of their closeness to each other at a time, or the fact that they literally come from the same being Mm -hmm. in each other. Don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. But those are the interpretations that exist, which does put the possibility that Loki was, in fact, in place of they uh, at the creation of man. That's so strange. Yes. Man. By the way, a story of Loki's children is a story to tell someday. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we will. Um, back to Vili and Ve. They also feature in one other tale that you missed. Oh, I love this. When Odin was temporarily exiled from Asgard for practicing unmanly magic, that's the quote, unmanly what magic. What the hell does that mean? Or, in a different source, he was just wandering Earth for a really long time and didn't come back. <laughs> it was either he was banished or he decided to take a walk. One of the two. Uh, Vili and Ve usurped his throne, his powers, and even slept with his wife, Frigga. Oh, and it is said everyone, the two of them at one time. Yep, and it is said everyone was unhappy with their rule. Go for go them. It seems they even did this in the guise of a fake Odin, but upon the real Odin's return seven months later, they vanished from North, Norse mythology forever. I love this so much. Unfortunately, no more is known about their role in this series of events. I really like the idea, but going back to his exile slash long walk, is just the idea that maybe Vili and Ve, like he just goes on a walk and Vili and Ve, we have exiled Odin. And now we take on his guise and his powers and we'll have sex with his wife. Just accept that. Cool. Oh, that's so gross though. Yeah. So basically, basically Odin comes back and he erases them all from history. Um, Is what happened. Yeah. That's cruel, but kind of awesome. So, unfortunately, no more is known about their role in this series of events. However, I do have a quote that that will give you a lot of insight about Vili and Ve here, which comes from Seymanzetta again, uh, Thorpe's translation. By the way, for anyone looking to research Norse mythology, uh, this book is a great resource. Yes, uh, Gorber's book, um, Myths of the Norsemen. Uh, Be thou silent, Frigg, thou art Fjorgen's daughter. And ever hast been fond of men, since Ve and Vili, it is said, thou, the deer's wife, didst bo- both to thy bosom take. Whoa. 
that's kind of did they slut shame Frigga? Yeah, well, it's not Vili and Vey doing it. I don't know who's saying it there. Yeah, like which which person is saying it? But they mention Vili. But they mention Vili and Vey because they and and Vidir as yeah. Odin. Uh, and so that's that is a tale where they were still rather important, but there's actually not a lot more known about it. I do have a question. Which do you prefer, Freya or Frigga? Um. I mean, I've been, I've just gotten used to looking and reading Frigga because it's mentioned the most often yeah. in the Adas so far. And in the Thor films. Right. I say Freya. Right. I always just kind of automatically say Freya. We'll have to talk about Freya and Frigga sometime. She's cool. I like her a lot. Yeah. Um, Gorber does say that Odin's celebratory return after Vili and Vey disappeared would lead to the Mayday festivals, uh, which we can delve into another day. May Day Festivals is where uh, Wednesday was created, and uh, the whole new celebration of Odin started. I see. Um, and it and it's said that it, it kind of came in response to seven months of everyone being unhappy with Vili and Vey. So they created another day of the week. Right. We got, th- you know, another episode I want to do? Mm. The creations of the day of the week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we have a lot to go through. Yeah. So. This is only episode two, guys. You're in for a long ride. Uh. In regards to Vili and Vey, I think Daniel McCoy probably summed it up the best, and here's his quote. Although they are only mentioned sporadically in literature from the Viking Age and shortly thereafter, Vili and Vey must have been deities of prime importance to the Norse and other Germanic peoples, at least during the time of the Germanic tribes, and possibly later as well. No mythological figure of only minor importance would have been retained throughout such a large proportion of these thousands of years. The Germanic myths were in all were all in active use during which they underwent numerous significant changes. The fact that Vili and Vey are cast as the brothers of Odin, perhaps the highest Germanic god throughout much of this time, is a further suggestion of their lofty stature. Indeed, Odin, Vili, and Vey, respectively, inspiration, conscious intention, and the sacred, are the three most basic forces or characteristics that distinguish any cosmos from chaos. Hence, it was these three gods who originally fashioned the cosmos and surely remain three of the most necessary pillars of its continued upkeep and prosperity. Whoa. So, basically, they could have been more important, but we just don't have the sources anymore. Right. And we also don't know for sure if it was them or Honier and Loki or yeah. if they're the same things or where Lodor is. Like, it's all... Well, I take back a lot of what I said about them. Yeah. They were pretty darn important. They were very important. Yeah. They had sex with his wife. Less important. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's insane. took his throne. Maybe even looked like him for seven months. Yep, that's some Zeus shit right there. It is some Zeus shit right like there. Like Zeus does shit like that. <clears throat> okay, so on the note, uh, talking in his quote, he talks about cosmos from chaos. Uh, I'd actually like to talk about Ymir again. Okay, before we're done here. Thematically, he's the personification of chaos before creation, here depicted as the impersonal void of Gnengagat. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Limitless potential that has yet to be actualized and become things uh, of the known world. So, there was nothing, and then there were giants, starting with Ymir. Yes. Uh, forces of formless chaos, which is very fitting as their general role throughout Norse mythology would be as this uh, kind of antagonist to yeah. the Aesir's. Were always uh, and always threatening to ruin their order uh, that they create. I recall a story that Neil Gaiman talks about in his book, where um, Utgar Loki, yes, uh, talks about is basically just there. Has them have three tasks, and it's basically just a giant trick to teach them to teach them all a lesson because they're in Jotunheim. It was Odin. Uh, Loki, I remember the third. The third was a human. The third was a mortal that they, that they kind of stole along the way, uh, and it was like these. He like they made the mortal like race himself and like do strength against himself. It's a really cruel story, but I mean it, it has a lesson like all Norse mythology. Right. But I remember like the giants tend to just put a be a thorn in the Aesir's side. A ball thorn? Oh, yeah. All right. I walked into <clears throat> a that. A thorn of evil? I walked into that. Yeah. No, I get you. Um, Ymir's name thus provides an additional unpoetic representation of this role as primordial chaos. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Ymir's name means? I don't, actually. Screamer. Really? Mm-hmm. The, uh, from the Old Norse verb yima, to scream. 
Scream being a wordless voice, the gods taking from this formless matter and bringing its shape is essentially the gods making words out of a scream. The poetry of this is completed in the description of the creation act in the Volupsa, where the oh, verb like a baby, where the verb used for the action of creating is the word yippa, meanings ranging from lift, raise, bring up, come into being, proclaim, and reveal. The primary one is come into being, but there is the shade of to proclaim, which forms beautiful poetic symmetry with the emir's name. Yeah. The gods proclaim the world into being as they sculpt it out of the screamer's corpse. Right. I just wanted to kind of give an eye into why all these myths are so deeply entrenched as poetry. Yeah. That's really interesting. There's a lot of things that we don't know because we don't know what the names mean. Yeah, the 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 the, the interesting thing uh what I actually really like about about this about this report you've done uh is it goes you go a lot deeper than I did. But what my goal was to just tell a story. Mm-hmm. Your goal has become to tell us why that story exists, almost, and like where these char- what these characters mean to that story and things like that. Yeah, and like, well, I just I because you told the story and it was really like I liked listening to it and mm-hmm. I learned things and but I had questions and so I wanted to know answers to the questions like why aren't Vili and Vay more important? It's yeah. like oh they might be. It's actually rather complicated and yeah. You know, well who, well, who did come first and who matters more, Solomani or Not and Dag? And it's like, oh, no, it's actually both and how this whole thing works. And this is kind of just digging into, like, what, what are the details and why does it work? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I came across that Ymir stuff and, and I was like, oh, that's why it's really deep poetry. I get it. Yeah. Um, one last note before we go for today. Uh, I started talking about Odin a little bit more and, and surely there's a lot more to uncover. I'd, I'd actually like to delve a lot deeper into it, but I don't have the time. He's a he's a report on his own. Oh uh, yeah, um, he has over two hundred names around the world. Two hundred? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But a commonly known one is Allfather. Mm-hmm. There are actually references to Allfather going back to before Ganingagap and the realms and Ymir. I'll I'll chime in on this one. So this popped up in my own research for my story. Right. Uh, I chose not to go into it because I really didn't have the time. Uh, but yeah, he. The term "all father" tends to, in the story that I think you're referencing, is the what the 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 shapeless thing that existed before even Ymir was created. Right. I, I I've got the description of it here. Um, there are hints that before all that, uh, Gendingagap realms, Ymir, all that there was a force. Yeah. Uh, here's how Gwerber puts it. The northern skalds, or poets, whose songs are preserved in the Edas and Sagas, declared that in the beginning, when there was a yet no earth, nor sea, nor air, when darkness rested over all, there existed a powerful being called Allfather, whom they dimly conceived as uncreated as well as unseen, and that whatever he willed came to pass. Kind of like the Christian god. Right. Uh, some sources believe this force eventually distilled itself down to be Odin, a possible explanation of the versions where Odin takes many other gods' names and personalities. Oh, I see. So what essentially they're saying, what the theory could be is that they, uh, throughout time, it just kind of personificated itself as Odin. Right. Interesting. And through doing so, again, if we're leaning into this Odin's rather different personalities and personas and things, the Allfather was actually Odin, and Vili, and Vey, and Honir, and Loki, yeah. and all of those things at once, <clears throat> because it had distilled itself out from Odin. That's really interesting, yeah. That's one theory about it. Uh, others say Odin took the name Allfather because he was literally the one all gods descended from and was seen as the all-pervading spirit of the universe. That's how I assumed he took the name as well. Right, but then knowing about this force possibly existing before all that and being called Allfather and then hearing all these things that we've learned today about Odin possibly existing in different representations, it, it becomes easier to see how Allfather might just translate itself downwards yeah. into all their different beings. Either way, we'll never have a complete factual answer to who Odin's brothers were or where exactly they always fit into mythology, but I think it's great that we can still learn even a little about all these different interpretations, and in some cases piece together a semi-narrative of what the Norsemen may have shared around the campfire. Um, can I can I share with you a little tease for what's to come? Yeah, sure. Um, do you know another... Do you, What are the other names of Odin that you know? I mean, I looked at a lot. I The ones I put in here are the ones that are the most in my head. Did you see one that's most famous? Uh, Santa Claus? <laughs> 
Yes, I, I saw that. Odin is one of the original templates for Santa Claus. Right. And as we get into the Christmas season, you may want to, I don't know, I'm kind of considering doing a report on that. Yeah. Well, that's your homework. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, is that anything more? Is that it? No, I uh, I think uh, that we covered it. I did want to, you know, touch on this this idea of how All Father could have existed before and All Father yeah. might have become these many things that, that would kind of maybe explain how how all these different interpretations were looked at as one person. I like the I, I kind of like the idea that that the term all father became like this shapeless thing became all of the Norse gods. Right. Like throughout time. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. That was awesome, man. Thank you. Oh, thanks, man. It's a great report. Um all right, so I guess that does it for this week's episode. Looks like we're about doing we're doing about an hour. Cool. So not bad. Uh, next week, well, not next week, we're not here, the week after, so we're doing this every two weeks, we'll have two episodes of December, we're thinking about doing some Christmas myths. Right. So jumping away from Norse and doing some Chris- some Christmas ideas. Right. Uh, or just winter festives, uh, really anything around the world. Be a lot of fun. Like I just said, Odin was another name, Santa Claus is another name for Odin. So right. we could do something on that one. Oh, by the way, real quick, I, I did want to say my sources for this uh, whole yes. report were Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology. Great um, source. Uh, Newest of the Norsemen by uh, Helen A. Gruber. Uh, the Mythology Book from DK Publishing, which does have a whole ton of contributors, so there's nobody I can specifically cite as sure. an author. Um, and uh, Daniel McCoy's Norse-Mythology.org. I like that site. Yes, it's very useful. I'm, I'm going to work on picking up the, his book. He also recommends a lot of great books, which is why I've been picking them up. Yeah. And we'll put he all reco- that... He recommends some of the best translations of the Adas. Oh, really? Yeah, which I'm I'm going to want to start reading, actually, the Adas themselves at okay. some point. Uh, yeah, we'll put all that in the show's notes. Um all right, guys. Well, that does it. So, like we said, this is a bi-weekly, bi-monthly, bi-weekly, uh, bi-weekly uh, report-style show. Where, uh, if you guys want to send us any questions, things that you're not quite clear on, uh, things you want us to do, right? Just drop us a line at Mythalanius M Y T H L A N I U S. I'll learn how to spell it. I swear. M Y T H E L L A N E O U S. There it is. P uh at instagram and twitter or miscellaneous pod at uh at gmail.com yeah and if you get uh kind of sore missing our voices in the two-week wait uh go ahead and swap over to the fake nerd podcast where both of us are hosts yeah and <coughs> that show comes out every sunday so you have a, a lot more content there if you have not listened to it if you have hey listen to it again right there's another episode coming out yep all right guys that'll do it for us this time until next time wait we still have to thank people Oh, yeah. You did this last time, too. I'm so bad at this. This is because, okay, a little inside baseball that I'll probably cut out. (laughs) (laughs) I normally have a sheet that tells me what to do. (laughs) I don't have that for this show. Right. Anyway. uh, Yes, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci. He's a longtime collaborator. He does a show called Severin Proctologist. He also does the theme song and intro music for... Uh, this show for and Fakner this show podcast. and Fakner podcast. Mike Matola, who does our logo for both Miscellaneous and Fakner podcast. Um, thank you very much, and thank you to all always the listeners. Right. Um, I don't know how many of you have listened yet. I haven't checked, but I'm hoping it's billions. Billions. I want it to be billions, guys. Billions. Let's get this going. Let's get myths out there. All right, that's our news. Let's let's our sign off. Let's get myths out there. Nah, I like we'll myth you. I hated that. I know. All right, guys. We gotta come up with one. We'll see you guys next time. Let's get mythical.